0: Chapter 33 of The King's Daughter and Other Stories for Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please go to LibriVox.org. Susie Diller's Christmas Feast, Part 2. But finally Susie had found two more. So now there were six of them. Susie had work in a factory and took care of Granny, who was too old to do much of anything, and was almost bent double with rheumatism. They had a room on the second floor of a tumble-down barrack and one small bedroom out of it. But Granny thought it almost a palace, because Susie was so good to her. And now, here was one more to share their Christmas dinner. What would Granny say? But the young missionary did not stop long to consider the matter. Here was a case of real suffering, and Susie's conscience quickly adjusted itself. Come along, said Susie to the little vagrant, thinking somehow of the Lord, of all who had not where to lay his head. For maybe if he was here, she soliloquized, we shouldn't be able to tell him from anyone else, and it's just anybody. Susie took the little astray by the arm and hurried her along. Poor little Jenny! Her feet seemed hardly to touch the ground. They were so cold and numb. She didn't much care, even if she was being taken to the station house. But she wasn't. After a while, she felt the warmth and heard the voices, but she was so tired and sleepy that she dropped into a little heap before the fire and only heard her young rescuer say, "'Let her sleep, Granny. It'll do her more good than anything else.' But Susie, child, We can't take care of her all the time. And, Granny stopped there, looking into Susie's eyes, It's Christmas Eve, Granny. I feel as if we ought to do something, even if we have only a manger to take people into. By and by, Jenny Morgan, the poor little waif, woke up, had some supper, and told her story. It was like hundreds of others, only her mother was a beautiful lady. She had seen someone in the street this morning that looked just like her. She's smart and chipper, Granny, and she'll soon be better, said Susie. Jenny's cheeks were very red the next morning and her eyes very bright. Moreover, her voice had a curious tremble in it, but she declared she was quite well. It was so delightful to be housed and warm and to have no great hungry pangs gnawing at her stomach. Susie went out a while, and Granny prepared her turkey to roast. Poor Jenny thought there never had been such a savory fragrance before. It was a famous Christmas feast. There were lame Tim with a clean face and a new red necktie to do honor to the occasion. Humpy, as the little fellow is called, who sold pins, tape, and shoestrings on the corner, and had grown deformed from a bad fall. Kit better looking white enough and thin enough to frighten you. Three others, and the little stray Jenny Morgan, besides Granny, in a new cap and new calico gown. Such a happy time as they had. They were so crowded around the table that they had hardly elbow room. They made jokes, laughed, drank Granny's health in the fragrant coffee, and were as happy as the happiest. Meanwhile, over at Mr. Lindley's, They had a grand tree. Nellie, dressed like a fairy, distributed the gifts, carefully laying aside those for the poor. Of course, they could not ask such people into their festivities. It was honor enough to hang their gifts on their beautiful tree. Then Mrs. Lindley played, and they had some charming carols. They had two or three songs sung also at Susie Diller's. Susie had learned them at the mission school. Finally, "'Jenny begged to lie down in the corner by the stove, "'for she felt a little chilly and her head was aching. "'Oh, Susie, won't you sing again?' she pleaded. "'It's like heaven. Mother used to tell me about it. "'And do you suppose that the Lord Jesus cares for little girls "'who have to live on the street and sleep where they can? "'Sometimes they can't help lying and stealing.' "'Yes, he does care. Mr. Linley told me so. "'You see?' "'and Susie laid her forefinger in the palm of the other hand. "'You see, this is the way. "'He puts the thought into other people's hearts, "'cause he isn't here any more to do the work. "'Oh,' said Jenny slowly and with a sage nod, "'wouldn't it be good, Susie, "'if he would put it into the hearts of rich folks? "'They could do so much. "'Sometimes he does. "'Look at the newsboy's dinner. "'And there's a good many things.' "'Poor Jenny sighed a little.' She could not make it out straight in her tired brain. The crowd went away presently, declaring that it was the jolliest sort of a Christmas. They thanked Susie and Granny over and over again. The next day was Sabbath. Susie begged Mr. Linley to come and see the little sick girl at her house, and one way and another, the story of the Christmas feast came out. For Jenny, the little beggar girl, was very sick. Cold and hunger had done their worst, It had been so hard and dreary since her mother died with no one to care for her, and to have to dodge around continually, kicked and cuffed and almost starved. And if the Lord up above did care, she's a pretty sick little girl, said Susie, but Granny and I will do our best to pull her through. Mr. Linley felt the pulse and shook his head. The fever was high and there was no strength to battle with it. And then he looked into Susie's great wistful eyes and was touched to the heart. The child had learned the sweetest and noblest lesson of all. She had gone out into the highway and hedges. She had gathered in the lame and the halt and the blind. You see, I've grown fond of her already, explained Susie. I'd do anything for her. I'm afraid it's too late. I will send in a doctor and some delicacies from the house. If you please i'd rather you not have you do the last you see granny spoke a little cross at first and now she's trying to make it all up to her she'll feel better if she does everything and she's a good heart has granny what a point of conscience here amid poverty and ignorance the lessons have not all been on my side said mr Linley to his wife afterward the poor little factory girl has taught me something that i shall never forget "'to think of her going without her coat, "'that she might provide a dinner "'for some homeless, hungry children. "'I wish you would go and see them, my dear.' "'Mrs. Lenley went with her husband. "'Susie stared as if she had seen an angel. "'Granny dropped a curtsy "'and dusted her chair with her apron. "'Little Jenny,' Susie whispered. "'Poor little girl. "'Can't you open your eyes a minute?' "'She opened them. "'Wider, wider!' Then she rose a little and stared around, stretched out her trembling hands toward Mrs. Linley, and cried, Oh, mother, mother, Susie said I should find you. I tried to be good not to lie or steal, though I was nearly starved. And Susie's been so kind. She brought me in to the Christmas dinner. Mrs. Linley caught the swaying form in her arms. The last words quivered slowly on her lips and her eyes drooped. She remembered just where she had seen the child, and a pang of bitter self-abraiding pierced her heart. She kissed the still lips for her mother's sake and laid her gently down. Had Susie and Granny entertained an angel unawares, while her blind eyes had not been able to discern the least of these? "'Oh,' said Susie, sobbing, "'I'm so glad you came. I suppose she thought it was her own mother, for she has talked about her all the time.' "'Poor little girl! "'I shall always be thankful "'that I brought her in out of the cold, "'though I never guessed she was going to die. "'The fame of your Christmas feast "'has gone up among the angels, Susie,' "'said Mr. Linley, reverently. "'And now, my dear girl, "'have little Jenny buried where you like "'and bring the bill to me. "'I want a little share in your good work.' "'Mr. and Mrs. Linley walked home quietly.' had her beautiful christmas tree borne any such fruit as this for i was and hungered and ye fed me end of chapter thirty three